Welcome to the Clinicians in Conversation podcast series, part of the NIHR, the National Institute for Health Research podcast programme. To find out more about how the NIHR supports research, please visit the NIHR website. I'm joined today by David Sebag Montefiore, who is Professor of Clinical Oncology at the University of Leeds and Consultant Clinical Oncologist at the Leeds Cancer Centre in the Leeds Teaching Hospital's NHS Trust. He's also the Clinical Director of the Leeds Cancer Research Centre, Clinical Director of the Leeds Clinical Trial Research Unit and directs the CRUK Leeds Centre of Excellence for Radiotherapy Research. Professor Sebag Montefiore heads a portfolio of practice-changing and innovative clinical trials, focusing on gastrointestinal cancer, and he has a major interest in so-called platform trials in radiotherapy and haematology. Professor Sebag Montefiore, thank you very much for speaking with me today. A pleasure, Alan. I'm very happy to be here. In this series of podcasts, we're looking in detail at complex, innovative design trials. And as I mentioned in my introduction, you have a particular interest in one type of these studies called platform trials. So can I begin by asking you to tell us a little bit more about that? First of all, what is a platform trial? Platform trials are an innovative, relatively new way um, of performing clinical trials where we have multiple uh, interventions, novel arms, that are actually being tested at the same time with a common control arm. So historically, the traditional phase three trial, which I've had um, the privilege to be involved in leading over the years, have generally been two arm studies where we have a control arm and an experimental arm. And at the end of a number of years, you get one result because you've tested one novel intervention. So what platform trials are doing is allowing us to evaluate several novel interventions at the same time and comparing those against a common control arm. So one of the exciting aspects of these approaches are that we are able to evaluate multiple new treatments much more efficiently and to do that under the framework of a trial platform. Now it's fair to say that the actual definition of a platform trial varies across the world and there is no single unified definition. But in principle, what platform trials are able to achieve is actually the ability to test new interventions with multiple interventions being tested within the trial framework. And I think you've touched on this already, but I mean, could you expand a little bit on the advantages of that kind of approach? Is it purely just efficiency or is there more to it? So one of the um, major advantages, I think, is the efficiency of being able to test multiple uh, interventions in the same trial design. Um, I think the other aspects include the fact that by designing these trials, um, we have a common set of case record forms for what otherwise would have been multiple parallel trials taking place around the world. So the trial team will be in the trial unit will be coordinating all of these experimental arm evaluations against the control arm. And there are efficiencies in in being able to run a trial in in, in this way. Um, The staff um, commitment is higher to get the trial up and running. But actually, when we've performed a trial, perhaps I can give an example later, 
Um, running three trials on a trial platform produced about a 25% overall cost saving to the funder. Uh, the other advantages of platform trials is it creates a great deal of buy-in from the research community. It generally is an exciting trial to promote to patients because um, it's actually at the cutting edge usually because we're testing new interventions and actually there's more than one. And although one might initially think that's more complicated for a patient, our feedback is that patients are excited by the fact that the trial is able to be at the cutting edge and bring these treatments uh, to, the, to, the, to the clinic. Um, and the other thing to, to mention is that these trials can be adapted. So you may start with a number of experimental arms to the trial where these are the best um, in interventions to test. But as time goes by, the efficiency of the trial platform will actually evaluate these, the performance of these experimental regimens during the trial. So what's commonly called a multi-arm, multi-stage design, which fits with the platform design, means that you are not going to actually wait until the final end of trial recruitment to determine the performance of an experimental uh, arm. These studies generally have an early evaluation point built in so that if an experimental treatment is underperforming or appearing futile, there's the opportunity to stop that intervention at an early stage and then to consider whether that arm could be replaced by a new experimental treatment which is showing promise and may not have been available at the start of the trial design. So there's an important element of how the clinical trial can be adapted where underperforming treatments are not continued longer than necessary and new well-performing treatments can be brought into the platform um, to replace those underperforming studies. Um, with advantages, unfortunately, there often come disadvantages as well. I wonder, are there any downsides to this kind of trial design? Are, are they more difficult to design, to deliver? Are they perhaps more difficult to get funded? So I think there, there are clearly some downsides or challenges relating to this, um, and you've alluded to both of them in, uh, in your question. The first is around the design, and uh, these require uh, more time and they require expertise. So I'm very privileged to work with a fantastic uh, methodological and, stat and statistical experienced trial team in Leeds, and there are many other trial units around the country who also have similar expertise. And it's very important that uh, investigators work with experienced teams because these are studies that require much more preparation. You're absolutely right. And actually um, getting the design right from the beginning does take time. Um, with respect to funding, um, this is a big opportunity uh, for the trial units and the investigators. And funders are generally receptive to these innovative de designs, but they have to be convincing. And the more ambitious your platform, the more clearly you, the need for you to be able to justify all of the components of your application. And that goes with all types of funding application. And the bigger and the more complex it is, the more time that needs to be spent to get it right. Um, having said that, um, my experience is looking at the 
cancer portfolio, which I know best from my own expertise, is a wide range of uh, platform trials have been funded over the last five to ten years, many of them being quite successful. So one example I can think of is the Stampede trial in prostate cancer, which has evaluated ten experimental arms in metastatic uh, uh, carcinoma of the prostate, and the results of this trial continue to impress where standards of care have been changed by various experimental arms and also one of the radiotherapy arms has shown a survival advantage of irradiating the primary prostate in the setting of metastatic prostate cancer. So multiple positive results have emerged from Stampede. This is a fantastic exemplar um, of a platform trial. It's been running for a long time. Um, it's been strongly supported, uh, in this case, by Cancer Research UK over the years. But it is very important that actually, when these studies are being designed, that the right team comes together and enough time is spent to get the design right to maximise the chances of funding success. Um, you've highlighted there um, a very specific example of it, and I just wonder if you could maybe expand a little bit more and tell us a little bit more about your own experiences of platform trials, perhaps maybe even things that you're working on currently. Yes, yeah, so I'd like to um, talk to you about um, a study that I've uh, been involved and had the privilege to lead as a chief investigator, um, and working very closely with my um, fantastic colleagues in the Leeds Clinical Trial Unit. So it's called PLATO, and PLATO stands for personalising radiotherapy dose in anal cancer patients. So to set the scene, anal cancer is a rare disease. Um, it only occurs in about 1,200 patients per year in the UK. But the UK has led the world in delivering randomised trials to test the best way of treating anal cancer patients. The first trial um, demonstrated that chemoradiotherapy could replace radical surgery. So the standard of care before the first trial was a major operation and a permanent colostomy was required. We demonstrated in that trial, which was called ACT-1, the first anal cancer trial, that chemoradiotherapy offered significant gains and as good outcomes from the cancer point of view without the need for major surgery. So chemoradiotherapy became a standard of care. We then performed a second randomised phase 3 trial of 940 patients called ACT2, which in itself is a fantastic achievement given the rarity of the disease. But unfortunately, we tested approaches that did not change the standard of care. So we were at a point at the end of ACT2 where chemoradiotherapy, with a given dose of radiation to the tumour, remained the standard despite uh, a trial that took around eight years to conduct. We wanted to address the problem that every patient diagnosed with anal cancer, whether it was a very, very small cancer or a very large one, received exactly the same dose of radiotherapy combined with chemotherapy. And we had clear evidence that lower doses of radiotherapy were very effective in smaller tumours, and higher doses of radiotherapy were more effective in larger tumours. But the problem we had was that there was no randomised comparison of these altered doses to actually change the standard of care. So we came up with the hypothesis that we wanted to optimise radiotherapy dose and we had 
three scenarios according to the size of the tumour that presents to us um, when patients are first diagnosed. The very small tumours can be treated less than two centimetres that arise on the outside of the anal um, margin can be treated by local excision. And the key question we wanted to ask was whether those patients really needed any additional radiotherapy treatment for very, very small tumours. The second group of patients were tumours where the cancer was inside the anal canal and up to four centimetres in size. And what we wanted to test here was whether reducing the dose of radiation would result in an acceptably low failure rate and reduced toxicity. So we wanted to demonstrate that by reducing the dose, we would get the same cancer outcome with less side effects. So we proposed a randomized trial of standard dose versus reduced dose. The third group was, were the patients with the larger anal cancers. And here we were going to randomize patients between the standard dose and two higher doses to demonstrate whether we could significantly reduce the local regional failure rate with acceptable toxicity. In other words, could a higher dose of radiotherapy produce a better cancer outcome? So we had three particular questions we wanted to address. The very small tumours in a trial that we were calling ACT3. The tumours where we wanted to reduce the dose that were up to four centimetres in size, which we call ACT4. And the larger tumours where we wanted to test an increase in dose, and that was ACT5. So historically, if we were designing these trials without a platform type approach, then these would have been three separate clinical trial proposals, three separate applications, three separate teams within a trial unit managing them. But with a platform approach, we can combine the testing of all three of these trials in an overarching trial platform. So the PLATO trial evaluates the ACT3 trial, the ACT4 trial and the ACT5 trial. That is a master protocol where all three trials are described in the same protocol. We have a great deal of commonality with the case record forms and so there's a great deal of efficiency and familiarity with the research teams as to how they um, can uh, get familiar and used to these forms. And in our grant application, there was a 25% cost saving, we estimated, compared with actually getting these individual trials funded separately. So we, um, we worked together with um, investigators across the UK and across um, the um, radiotherapy centres, and I was delighted to find that 36 of the radiotherapy sites in the UK wanted to participate. Um, the trial is open and we have recruited over 320 patients into this platform. And our experience has been very positive. This has been a, a fantastic experience, um, a huge amount of buy-in from the research community across the UK. Um, with radiotherapy trials, we have a quality assurance programme to ensure the radiotherapy is delivered to the highest quality. And there was a major efficiency here because the radiotherapy quality assurance could be, could be conducted for the trial as a whole, 
rather than having to do it for each individual study. We've also been able to uh, build in some translational research into this study, particularly um, wanting to understand whether um, the biology of HPV, um, human papilloma virus, can actually determine whether these are predictive biomarkers for dose reduction and dose escalation. So we have a blood sample collection process that is ongoing with the trial as well. But to summarise it, I think this is a really um, uh, exciting example of how in the radiotherapy research space, we can create a trial platform that allows us to conduct three parallel trials across the disease spectrum and actually, we can do this actually in a rare disease as much as we can use a trial platform in a very uh, common cancer. And I think by using the platform approach, you maximise your chance of recruiting patients. Um, for example, one of the frustrations we all have around um, eligibility criteria for clinical trials is sometimes the patient's disease and their condition does not meet the eligibility criteria and therefore we can't offer the study um, to the patient. Um, one of the reasons that patients may not be eligible for one of these trials would be the size of their tumour. But here, by having these three trials on the trial platform, the whole spectrum of disease that um, patients will have when they are initially diagnosed means that we will be very unlikely to not be able to offer the option of a clinical trial to a patient, whether their tumour is very small or whether their tumour is very large. You've certainly highlighted the opportunities that these kind of platform trials can offer. And I, I was particularly encouraged by the buy-in and enthusiasm for such studies that you've seen in both research teams and participants. Professor Sebag Montefiore, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with me today. You're very welcome. It was, it was a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like to know more, please contact enquiries at nihr.ac.uk.